all that nonsense aside, Maisie officially hates all monsters on the TV now. All of them, huh? It's not just horses, not just dogs, not just some very loud babies or dragons. If I'm watching Game of Thrones, like just everything you can just fuck right off. Mm. She's like, Megan Kelly, Anderson Cooper, don't care. Fuck them. Well, there was like a lizard thing on TV and she starts barking and I went, really? Really? <laughs> Why is the cat in a shelf? Because that's where she belongs. I told her that's where she could be because otherwise she wants to be here or here or yonder. Hanging on the doorknob or in a poster Where? that says, come in there. No, that that poster, no. if it was short, Rad would say, just let go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I need to get that made for you. Hold on. Just going to text the person that does all my uh, all my art. Sure, I just need to find the perfect picture of Short Round for that. I, I, do I have a picture of her hanging on the door? I wish I, I did. Don't know. I don't know what your life is with that cat. I, bet, I assume it's very I weird. bet Courtney, I have a lot of pictures of Amanda really drunk. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I mean, it's my favorite people, thing in the world to take pictures of Amanda when she's drunk. Because she's always like, hey... Her thing is she comes up to you and goes, hey, buddy. <laughs> Courtney's, Courtney's mom invited them to stay at their place with us over Thanksgiving while they're there visiting Cameron's nice. family. <laughs> nice. I was super curious where you and Courtney were going to be living in Billings, but I didn't ask. Courtney's parents' place. It's, it's not a huge house, but it's big enough um in that like the the upstairs has a dining room living room open kitchen and that's all open concept and then there's like a mud room uh, a bathroom an office their bedroom master bath right so it's a big top floor the basement has three bedrooms soon to be two baths home theater pool table and a beautiful bar and we'll be living down there I was about to say, you're going to live down there. I remember for, for a brief stint of time when I lived in Helena at my parents' place in Helena, and the whole basement was like several bedrooms. There was like two bedrooms upstairs, mm -hmm. and then there's like three bedrooms. Three? Yeah, three bedrooms downstairs. And I just, I went right into the small dark one, and I was like, this is where I shall live for three months. This and be my hidey hole. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. We were, it was the, the semester before you and I became friends, really. Or no, might have been a year before you and I became friends. Because it was my junior year, I think. Yeah, because my parents were still together. That was the key. That was the key. <laughs> How to um, mark time as an adult child of divorce. Parents together, parents yeah. not together. Yeah, exactly. So, no, it was my it was the fall of my junior what would have been my junior year, but I took that semester off because I had been living in Italy, then I was living briefly in Seattle. Um and then Oh, I, I never knew about Helena. the brief Seattle stint. It was interesting. I I just I wasn't I wasn't quite ready. I had always wanted to live in Seattle, but emotionally I wasn't ready for it. I had just come back from living in Italy and I think I just, I kind of needed to be home for a bit. And mm. so I, I sort of pushed myself to do, it was like I, Italy. I was back in Missoula for a week after that. Then I 
went to see and then Caitlin and I went to Seattle to the new place then uh, went down to Tahoe to our family's lake house spent a bunch of time in Tahoe then came back to Seattle then she left and went back to Missoula and I stayed for a few weeks and then I was like nope I think I just want to live in Helena for a while I don't know what the logic was, but I think I was really depressed or something. I was, like, feeling a lot of feelings. And it was sort of this go, go, go all summer. And then, because I, like, was really, I was done with Missoula for a while. I did not feel like I could go back to Missoula. And then I realized I really wanted to get my degree. And I didn't want to pay mm-hmm. University of Washington cost. And so the logic was Fair that enough. I'd go back to college. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was weird. Hello, friends, um, and welcome to Slow Claps and Rewrites Express. Did you forget what our podcast was called for a second? I have a lot of podcasts rattling around in my brain. Uh, I don't want to say that I'm like the oh. CEO of a production company or anything, but I'm kind of oh. like the the CEO of a production company. So there's just you like really a lot. You should give me. You really should give me Secret Weapons. Uh, at least their tw- the Twitter info because Secret Weapons Twitter really could use my touch. You mean it could use any touch? It's like a scorned yeah, lover like, in their sixties. Nothing's to say, happening. It's, I was like, it's like a school marm. Like I don't even know, but I feel like. I feel like I could run the shit out of that social media for a little bit. Let me Just let me take over. Twitter to me is useful if you live in a war-torn place or a place where there's police brutality happening. Uh, any place where you need immediate information and you can't have it disseminated by media outlets. That is the usefulness of Twitter. Past that, I find it to be a a headache. I feel like an old person when I get on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I've got something funny for that hashtag that was trending six days ago and now nobody's tweeting about. Like, So I'll tell you what you need is you need to not have a Facebook for Twitter to be something you can do. Mm. I don't have a Facebook, so now I'm functioning on Twitter. Gotcha. Whereas, like, the, the times I excel at Twitter... Are when I don't have much other social media going on. It, it feels like a Mac PC sort of situation. Like you kind of well, got to pick one. It, well, and it's funny because a lot of celebrities, you know, they they're really good at Twitter, but it's because they they can't have a Facebook. Sure. Well, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Vin Diesel are like two that are big on Facebook, and uh, Dwayne is also big on Twitter. But I feel like you can do. Well, he can do. He can't do anything wrong, though. No, I mean, so... Dwayne the Rock Johnson could punch a baby, and we'd be like, "Well, what the fuck's the baby's background? What that baby?" Well, I was do? about to say, "What did that baby do?" Exactly. What did like, it do? The the sort of uh, apologetic attitude that a lot of middle aged white people in flyover states give to police officers, I give. I think everyone gives to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like Dwayne the yeah. Rock Johnson does anything, and you're like, "Well, that nun." I hear she was a real piece of shit. That's why I he dropkicked her. She was the one that messed up that masterpiece and made it really funky looking in Italy. Mm-hmm. She's the reason that they have the leaves instead of the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> the great castration 
of the Vatican. Oh, oh God. Uh, yeah, so... No, I, I, th- I think with podcasting particularly, it's more... I don't know. I think more viewers come from Twitter than yeah, from it's Facebook. A, it's a Twitter game. It, yeah, it, it definitely is. If you don't want, like, family members listening necessarily... Like, I know my mom would listen if she understood podcasts in the least, but she does not. I have said it before, and I'll say it again. I thank God every day my parents don't understand what a podcast really is or how to do it. Um, I I hear you, and I've heard you say this, and it makes me wonder what is wrong with my relationship with my mom that nothing we've said on here would worry me. Her listening to it. There's nothing wrong with your relationship. Did you hear uh, my most recent 20 minutes of banter? Uh, I started it this morning. Did you get to the part yeah. about the comic books? Oh, God, the Sin City. It's art. So <laughs> yeah, I have a I have great. a somewhat contentious relationship with my parents about entertainment and art, and we have remarkably different tastes. There's some overlap. Especially if it's on Turner Classic mm-hmm. Movies, there's a. Ch- I was about to say, a, especially Sean Connery's involved. There is a strong possibility if it's on Turner Classic Movies, my parents will like it, and there's a decent possibility I will like it as well. And that's kind. That's kind of where we meet the great cinematic triumphs of uh, a previous age, but current entertainment. Like, my dad is upset that Last Man Standing was canceled, so. Just I so no judgment, no judgment. They had decent ratings, but it you know whatever. Um, that kind of like I will say we often talk about Modern Family. They enjoy it, so that's always fun. You know, I find that offensive as someone on a plant based diet. Well, that's been Courtney and I's. I can't do that. I live in Texas now. That's been Courtney and I's thing lately. Has been like my skin's like so clear i think it's because i'm a vegan now and courtney's like i'm she's actually grown more hair her her scalp is getting fuller and she's like i think this new hair is because i'm a vegan and then tonight she goes you know i drive to work while it's still dark and i've never hit a deer and i think it's because i'm a vegan it's our. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you guys can make fun of yourselves. If you can't make I'm fun of yourself, to. then oh please, by all means, it's fine. And once, and if I feel like you well, cross no. a line, I'll just, I'll just call you an, an animal murderer participating in a modern day Holocaust. You know, that's all. <laughs> hey, if I have never judged you for smoking, you can't judge me for eating animals. That's true. Right now, I wish I just had that clip from Revenge of the Sith. Obi-Wan going, I have the high ground! <laughs> Oftentimes this when This one I... <laughs> time? This one time in our friendship? Yes, you do. Oftentimes when I'm debating with uh, family members about political issues, I just think of that moment. <laughs> Let it go! Oh, Let it go, Anakin! I have the high ground! <laughs> Did I ever um, tell you about the time that I was a vegetarian? No. And how I became anemic? <laughs> Oh, sweetheart. 
I have so many medical problems that I, I, I can do pescatarian, which I did for many years. I was just a pescatarian, which is great because you're eating fish and fish is delicious and fish. And St. Andrew is awesome. So sorry, that's Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you were doing. So I was just going, I was going with it. Um, as an I promise, I promise this is a show about writing. I promise. <laughs> as an Episcatarian, um, I, uh, no, I was fine, but no, I couldn't, I, I got really sick. And then right after that, I also tried to do way too many class credits and then I got my nice little heart issue. So, I mean, like now I'm just like medically fucked. You remember, um, this summer when, uh, I hurt my back at work and yes. I was out for like a couple God, of God, you were so whiny. <laughs> oh, I took, I took so many drugs. It was fucking awesome. But, um, when I went into the doctor initially, they took my blood pressure and I was hypertense for my age and weight. They were like, uh, you, uh, they're like, uh, how's your eating habits? I'm like, uh, I get no external sources of cholesterol. I'm like a vegan. They're like, so what's your stress level like? <laughs> uh, it's fine. I, I love my job. I'm dying inside. <laughs> my <laughs> soul the hurts. Face, the, the face for your pain that just says I'm dying inside. Circle that like six times. Negative Exclamation 12. Exclamation point. You know what? Things is... are turning around. <laughs> We've moved different places. We're we're we, pursuing actually, new I things. I have to say, our conversation that was not recorded the other night was, I felt like it was a really positive conversation. I wish we had recorded it because I was like, wow, we've been kind of downers lately. But it's, it's interesting. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, The Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker. And occasionally he does... Uh, usually it's a group of writers talking about the business and process of writing. But uh, this time he did a, a single writer. And uh, the most recent episode was with the one, the only Max Landis, uh, which was enjoyable. He's eccentric, but and he always gives all this advice and talks and talks and talks. And sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really shitty. Sometimes it's like th this is... I'm in love with the sound of my own voice. So I recognize that characteristic in other people. Like I only feel comfortable calling people out on shitty behavior. If it's shitty behavior, I also do. Um, I was like, God, you're just talking. But then he, he started talking about writing a screenplay. You're not writing it for a director. You're not writing it for an actor. The first, like the, the screenplay you turn in is for a reader. It's, it's just for somebody else to read. And maybe if you've done it well enough, they can get inside your head a little bit and see the movie that you thought up. Like it, it doesn't have to be well, it doesn't have to have all the shots and all the music and all the shit put into it. It just has to convey to some, a stranger who reads it, the movie that's in your head well enough that they go, oh yeah, I can see this as a movie. This makes sense. And it took so much pressure off me to get my technical jargon and my specificity in a script that I'm working on. It just, it was, it was so liberating to hear. And I was like, you know, thanks, Max Landis. I appreciate you and your father's body of work. 
And you know what I love? Um, like, I love hearing that because it does make it seem like it's a little easier than we build it up to be in our overanalyzing heads. But I just, like, it's, it's really funny that you mention this because there's this quote <laughs> that, that I chose from an email you sent me. And it's, uh, what I'm saying at the heart of it is talent in screenwriting is being able, I think, to effectively see a movie in your head, to be able to see each scene clearly play out, and then write down a blueprint to create what you see in the head of somebody else. And so thank you, Max Landis, for that. I really love that you did that because it made it such an easy segue. Well, and that was from an essay that I found on uh, his website after I had listened to this podcast. And I was like, yeah, I, I remember why I liked American Ultra so much. It felt like somebody just came up with a movie that, and according to him, that is the third mo of all the scripts he's written. That one is, it's number three as far as closest to what he actually wrote. Um, was number one Chronicle? It was. It was indeed. But only because he, he kind of just... developed it with Josh Trank hand in hand. Oh, God, Chronicle's just so effing good. I love it. Um, but I have to say, have you watched uh, all, if not a majority, of Dirk Spentley? I watched the first couple here? episodes, and I got distracted with other things. It's, it's, it's well done, but... It's so good. Like once you get further into it, like I think it's it's the sec it's like either the penultimate episode or the pen penultimate episode, like where it's just like, ah, uh, but no, it's so good and it's a comforting show. It's weird, but it's kind of a comforting show to watch. Me and uh, a significant person in my life watch it together, and. Is that and how you're going to brand him? Significant person in your life? It's high praise. High praise. Adair and her significant person in her life. I don't Sultry. Know. This sounds sure. like page six. I don't know. He has had many titles on this uh, on this podcast. Um, this I feel true. like I should be like John Green in, uh, in the beginning of his Vlogbrothers videos because they referred to his wife as the Yeti. Because she would never, like, the uh, Hank Green's wife was on all the time. But John Green's wife, Sarah, was not on all the time. And so they called her the Yeti. And so no one knew what she looked like for a very long time. Like, unless they knew him. And so it was this whole nerd fighter thing. It was, like, part of the verbiage of nerd fighteria, which is the people who follow John and Hank Green. Well, I'm, really going, to, I'm going to a talk back with them on Friday. With, and uh, with Zula? With the Secret Weapon Productions host of Wordstruck, Alyssa. Wordstruck. I was like, it can only be Alyssa, because Alyssa and I, we have a very similar mind when it comes to things. I, it's funny, because I'll start following certain people that it's like an obscure reason I'm following them on Instagram, and it's like one other person likes them, and I'm like, it's gotta be Alyssa, and it always is, and I love her for that. I really would like to have her come on and discuss... I would like you to read Turtles all the way down, which is his new book that just came out, which is why you're going to see him, because that's why he's touring. Right. Um, but I'm really bummed. There, there's no Texas dates. I almost I almost did a day trip to L.A. to go and see them. Like, almost. Wow. It's, it's only my work schedule that kept me from doing it. 
Well, yeah. So if Alyssa decides to maybe do NaNoWriMo, uh, we we can come on and talk about that. If not, we can just talk about Turtles All the Way Down. It could be a fun little book review instead of a movie review that yeah, week or something there we like go. that. That's a good segue into uh, NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. Which, uh... which is... I. It's funny because I almost, when we were talking on Saturday night, it was Saturday night, I was mopping a lot. Um, uh, I almost was like, we need to podcast about this. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that asshole friend. It's just like, save it. Let's Oh, no, be, be that asshole. I do that to Austin all the time. I'm like, stop. You're wasting good material. I, this is just us talking. I don't need you to entertain me. Just, just save it. Just shelve it. Austin can't help being funny. It's just who he be. It's just who he be. It's true. I was I was describing a character to my wife from a new concept I came up with, and she's like, she stops. She goes, "You can just say Austin. You can just say Austin. That'll save you a lot of time. Like, don't give me all this character description. Just say Austin." <laughs> An Austin type. And, uh, um, yeah. So let's talk about NaNoWriMo. So for those of uh, you who don't know what NaNoWriMo is, I don't know why I'm like saying it like that. I'm just it's a very weirdo. Victorian. Just a I know, I just, uh, what are you drinking, by the way? Water, because I was just at Pub Trivia, so I don't need another drink. (laughs) Yeah, I did like when we were discussing that we need, we had, like, the perfect Pub Trivia team. You're like, but none, but we don't do sports. I'm like, but we have a sports person. Came in second place for the second week in a row and got, uh, best team name for the second week in a row. What was your team name? So... What was your team names? Tell me your team names. And then we'll talk about... The host of the Pub Trivia we go to is Canadian. And so last week we were the You're catering to Oh a hundred percent. So last week we were the R C M P. That was our team name, RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. But then we put in parentheses instead of it standing for that. We said religiously consuming Montana porters. And he liked that. I like that. And then this week, instead we our name was and I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot toot, I came up with both of these. We were the Nova Scotch Ales. <laughs> and every every week there is a Jeopardy round, and this week's Jeopardy was Guess the Canadian. So he'd list three people, and you had to say who is blah 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 was the Canadian. And ah, I hate myself for this, but I got this one wrong. Of these three... Who's Canadian? Jason Siegel, Seth Rogen, James Franco. Seth Rogen. That is correct. I said Jason Siegel because Seth Rogen is A, Jewish, and B, a libertarian. That's two strikes against being Canadian. There is a very small statistical likelihood that that man would be from Canada. I'm very weird about that stuff, but I, I always... And as soon as he it. said it, I was like, oh, I knew he was fucking Canadian. God damn it. Yeah. It was funny, recently I was I was listening to Taron Killam on... Okay, he was on Comedy Bang Bang, but he was then on The Nerdist, like, right after. So I think Taren it was Killam The Nerdist. returns, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, But he was talking, and I knew he was Canadian initially, but he spent a majority of his childhood in California, and I felt like... That's oh, cheating. He's not allowed to That's say he's cheating. Can- he's Canadian. I don't know. I don't know. Ask I him which election like he like voted if in. I was... That's that's the litmus test. Which election did you vote in? That's what you are. <laughs> I feel like since he married a very Canadian person, he Robin Sparkles has to 
Yeah, he's, I mean, he's married to Robin Sparkle. So I feel like he must be voting in that. I feel like that's probably like a relationship thing. Right. I'm not sure I would be with married to someone that I couldn't vote alongside. Well, I just wouldn't you know, marry a Canadian. You know, for trust reasons. You know, I just, just wouldn't do it. For trust reasons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't trust you, you hoser. All right, so so Dan, tell me all about NaNoWriMo. So the idea is that you write... Uh, I think it's uh, 1,657 words a day, every day, in the month of November. The idea is when you finish, that's roughly 150 pages of a novel. So technically a novella, if you want it to be one complete little bit of work. But that is a huge chunk of most novels. Like if you look at the standard paperback on the shelf, you're looking at between 250 and 450 page count wise that's kind of standard novel territory so you can get a huge swath of a novel knocked out in that and it's a really interesting organization that encourages people to write there's a lot of support groups uh, a lot of writing groups that meet up year-long events writers emergency kits all kinds of fun stuff that they do but i discovered it through Alyssa small and actually the piece that we're reading today later in um the first two paragraphs of is a piece that I started for uh, NaNoWriMo. Um, when <laughs> I'm really excited because I did not get this, and so I'm very excited to hear it. I, um, yeah, I started that piece and I did it. I wrote for two weeks, and then work got crazy, and I made excuses and I quit doing it. But um, diligence is my biggest weakness as a person. I'm not a diligent person. So I'm hoping this year will be a little different and that I can uh, push through. And I'm maybe thinking of being a nano rebel. I can't decide if I'm going to work on a, a novel or apply the same word count to uh, a couple of teleplays and maybe a screenplay because that's, uh, you know, 150 pages is more than a screenplay. Typically, especially once you consider well, the yeah. margins on a screen. And I, and I feel like if anyone's allowed to not be judgy, it should be writers. So oh. I feel like that's totally on the level. Writers are judgy assholes. Look at Hemingway. He well, was I mean, like, dick. judgy on, like, what what is productive in a NaNoWriMo. I have uh, just about a week at the time of recording to decide... Um, so I'm not sure. I'm leaning one way because I have a, a novel that's been building inside of me like uh, like a pustule and it needs to be popped and released into the world. Um, yeah, scoot away from your camera. <laughs> no, I just feel like I need an adult because there's clearly not anyone here. What are your what are your hopes for NaNoWriMo? <laughs> Just really felt like not talking about yourself there. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, getting my bangs trimmed because they haven't pissed me off until just now. Um, no, uh, my NaNoWriMo goal, uh, I mean, I've been working on a book. like, And I sort of was mentioning this on Saturday, but let's pretend I never mentioned anything. And I've got little parts that I want to include, but I haven't really gotten the layout and the the intro. And this is something I've texted you about because I am a whiny, whiny writer. 
where I, the reason, this is the reason why poetry is so much more appealing to me than writing a novel, and this is why I have not done it. I mean, also talent, but mainly this, which is the opening few paragraphs. This going to sound really stupid. There's this movie. It's called Alex and Emma. It stars Luke Wilson and Kate Hudson. It's an awful, awful, awful film. Uh, don't see it if you haven't. It's not good. But they make a huge deal about uh the opening lines like the like it was the best of times it was the worst of times like all of these things and how that is where you get caught up and that never bothered me until i saw that stupid movie and now it always bothers me and now i compare pretty much everything i write if i'm writing something that's more of a non-fiction or fiction novel doesn't matter what i compare it to like, Tale of Two Cities, which is just, like, that's not fucking fair to do to yourself, first off, especially for a debut, like, piece of, you know, of prose, of fiction, of anything. You can't say, like, well, is it as good as Charles Dickens? Is it as good as Jane Austen? Is it as good as uh, Tom Clancy? Probably not. I'm not saying I like Tom Clancy, but I'm just, I'm setting the bar real low here. Well, just... If you but, aim for Stephanie Myers, I think you'll find that uh, you can succeed. Then you shall land among E.L. James. Uh, <laughs> that's your litmus test. That's that's well. Yeah, I would say that uh, E.L. James. That's my new slogan. It's like the sh if you shoot for the the moon, you'll land in the stars. That's not true. There's no star between here and the moon. I thought it was the other way. Shoot for the stars and land on the moon. I'm pretty sure it's if you shoot for the moon, you'll land in the stars. I thought if you reach for the stars, all you get is the stars. And we found a whole new I heard the, there's if, a city if, of stars. If you reach for the heavens, you get uh. the clouds thrown in your face. What am I referencing, uh, huh? So anyway, yeah. So if I shoot for Stephanie Meyer, I'll land in E.L. James. It's, uh, it's good. This is going to be a bitch to edit. It's going to be... It, it, it will be. It'll be really fun. Um, but, no. Oh, God. So, that's my big issue. Starting it. I want to try and start it before NaNoWriMo. Um, because, one, I just want to say NaNoWriMo like eight more times. NaNoWriMo? NaNoWriMo? I mean, depending on inflection, we really could, it could mean so many things. It's like its own little word. It's a, its own little sentence. But yeah, so I want to do that. So it's sort of a, not clear sailing, but it's, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a more direct course that I'm plotting, but we'll see if that happens because I have tried for months because I've had this idea for I mean, honestly, several years. Isn't that always the way? But, yeah, right. It really is. But that's why I like poetry, though, is I can just, there's a snapshot sometimes. I mean, I've been doing a lot of snapshot poems. You have told me this. I have recognized it because you have told me this. And I, I like those. They're easy for me because they're one emotion. They're one moment. They're, you know, one singular sensation. Like, every little step she takes. How skimless, how skimless, long skimless. have we been doing our poetry project? Has it been two years? Uh, um, yes, it has been. 
almost in the new year it will be two years nice holy crap yeah i was talking about my discipline <laughs> problem with friends tonight who told me unprompted that i sound like john mulaney so i had to tell them they are not the first people to I'm tell gonna me that um i'm gonna i'm gonna tell the other person that no i'll save it till after the i'll tell it to that other person that's kind of important and maybe a yeti yeah Tell the other Yeti that I got really, John Mulaney again today. And I just changed my inflection slightly. And all of a sudden they were like, oh my God, see, I told you it was right there. Put him in a suit, make him nice and Catholic. And there you have him right there in front of you. I described. Oh man, have you listened to Big Mouth though? Because that it, like, it sounds like you're doing a voice for Big Mouth. Yeah, I know. I Of course I watched all of Big Mouth. The team behind Oh Hello? Yeah, I'm not going to miss that shit. And it was brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant, I tell you. I described John Mulaney's humor earlier today as if somebody took your internal monologue and gave it to an editor. Because it's it's very real, it's very authentic, but it's so curated. It's so precise. He's so precise in his language. There's no ums, there's no stump little... Uh, it's, it's, it's so crystal clear. It's like, I, I imagine what I would be like if I was ever sober, and that is sort of my, my picture in my head. You say it like you've never been sober. Oh. Well, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited to do NaNoWriMo with you. I'm, I, I appreciate that you, you kind of, I mean, I know you don't have to welcome me into it. It's not like a cult or anything like that, but I appreciate that you encouraged me because I... To be honest, often don't think I have the chops for those kinds of things. So I do, I am thankful that you see that. I was realizing an issue I was having uh, back in Seattle is there, I felt like I was in this weird gray area because I had friends who weren't writing and they saw that, it, saw my writing is all I did. And then I had friends who were published and professional writers, and I felt like they never saw me as a writer. And it was a very hard thing because I just never felt like I fit in either group because of this weird, this weird place that I was at where it's not always stagnant. I feel productive, but I just feel like no one took me seriously. Well, the current president of NaNoWriMo, was on uh, another one of my favorite podcasts, Script Notes. And I, I think I sent you the episode. He said, you're a writer when you call yourself a writer. When you write and you call yourself a writer, period. Publication is great. Don't make that your benchmark. How many words you put out in a day, don't make that your benchmark. Do you sit down and write? You're a writer, period. And to hear someone who has published and is involved with such an organization and has achieved at such a level say that it was very reassuring it was like to me at least a professional athlete being like do you go play pickup basketball you're a basketball player you can call yourself that it's okay you're allowed do you act i don't care if you're on broadway or in community theater you're an actor by definition of doing the act you are the thing and that's that's what i get out of it that's what i'm looking forward to now, I know that um, this evening's episode will probably be a little shorter due to time constraints and technical difficulties and my cat. 
I'm not sure why we're blaming the cat right now. I always blame the cat. I do not take Sid Field's advice. I never save the cat. I blame the cat. I also, I mean, to be fair, uh, you're also leaving your home tomorrow. So that can be another excuse. Let's just throw in all the excuses. Uh, a black cat crossed my path today. It's all about the cats. Um, um, a... Uh, the fire hydrant across the street from my apartment seems to be leaking. These are all reasons why things happened that led to this podcast being shorter than usual. So I'm going to say I will read my piece, brief reflection, and then let's make our recommendations and I'll bid you adieu. Yeah, do you have anything else you want to brag about? I was listening to our first ever episode and I realize we're a lot less braggy these days. No, there's way less to brag about. Way less to brag about. <laughs> we we are are we're we're humbled by the world. I feel like the world just kicks you in the groin repeatedly until you die. No, what did I say the other day? I said life is a series of compromises until you no longer recognize the person in the mirror, and then you die. Yay! I feel like yeah, you and you and Maya, you have some poignant things to say. Yep, life never turns out the way you expect. She it had a to. whole thing about. Yeah, she had a whole thing about love because she's like, well, you can't see it. You got to have hope. She's like, okay. All right. So this piece is called The Brothers Bob. Chapter one. (laughs) The job of writing Bob's obituary had fallen to his brother, Bob. It wasn't ironic. It was just confusing. A 30-year confusion that would soon be over. People would be very confused as to who was who and why it was so. One last time. This gave the remaining Bob a faint smile as he typed his name at the bottom of the document. As the last Bob standing, there would now be a clarity in his life that he hadn't known since a time he couldn't remember. Tall Bob... Brown Bob, Married Bob, and all the other qualifiers that had been attached to his name would be abandoned. Only Bob would remain. Though he had a feeling that Bob the Living would probably start at the funeral, catch on in the months to come, and continue until he no longer qualified for the title. It's, it's like, it's like, 25 pages long so i I think that's that's all i'm gonna do (laughs) i I really want you to continue though like that was very interesting to me my main question though right now because i this is the first time i'm hearing it too um was one robert and was one bob or were they both born bob like they they are they are both legally named robert and neither of them were a bobby and neither of them were a robert this the living bob tried to go by Roberto in college and just never stuck. Um, they are uh, step-siblings. And so oh, it was... It I was like a, that. Yeah. You know, honestly, though, you've got something good there because I was in, immediately curious. That's the whole thing, though. You've got to do that intro that, like, hooks people in and ask the questions because, damn it, if that wasn't really interesting and I really like that and I really want to know more, so could you please send me the 25 pages you've written? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I sent it to you, but I'll send it again. Um, it's, well, it might've been one of the 18 emails you've sent me that I haven't received. Probably. Like, Hey, did you get this? I'm like, Nope. Well, 
and then I get I, three I, of the same I started I started it with Fernando Nanorama, Rima, um, and this is after deleting a bunch, but it's uh, the story of a guy writing his brother's obituary and reflecting on mortality in life because his his parents are both dead and his stepbrother, who he grew distant from, has now died, and the only blood relative he has left is a grandfather who's in a home and then he starts to see his dead stepbrother's ghost is it a hallucination is it a hallucination is it real we don't really know but it uh is this cat playing a trick on him it 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 it, 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 the fucking cats it's fun because uh, i'll send it to you but i get into a lot of qualifiers um so he's you know, Bob, the obituary writer, uh, Bob, the currently office bound, Bob, the live and kicking, Bob, the pretending not to be interested, Bob, the like I, every time that I mention the living Bob, he gets at the beginning of title. Yeah, some sort of some sort of qualifier that is an insight into what he's currently doing, but separates him from the ghostly ghoulie bob who becomes you know bob the semi-translucent bob the recently deceased bob the dead as a doornail bob the whatever to break that that. up which it it was it started as just like a fun writing exercise because someone in my acting class she had a brother named bob and her husband had a brother named bob and they referred to them as the brothers bob and that's all she said and and i wrote that down i said i'm gonna write a story with that as my prompt so i did I feel like sometimes the best things to write are things that you don't necessarily have the connection to, that aren't, like, there's not an emotional tether, that it's just, it's an idea that you like. Because sometimes my mom would, yeah, and sometimes my mom would say something where it'd be totally out of nowhere, and I love that about my mom, she's random and smart as hell, which should be, you know, her title on her business cards. That she does not have. Um, but I would just write things based on what she would say. Like she started talking about cairns. Like the little rock towers. Mm-hmm. And that came from that came like the poem I wrote about cairns. And then I've written little stories about them. And it's just this random thing that she was talking to me about. And then I wrote a whole piece because my old employer was explaining to me that the, the reason for the newly mowed grass smell is it's actually like an like a a scent that the grass there's a bug on the grass that eats the grass and so the scent is something that the grass sends out for these birds or other bigger insects to eat i need to research this again to eat the bugs that are like eating the grass it's this very weird circle of things and i love it and, but it's, like, funny because these aren't things I'm necessarily passionate about. I just found them no. really interesting. And it comes up with good stuff. Well, it's like my mom was telling me about um, a, a rancher in Montana who had a family north of Shoto. And he also had a family past the Sun River who were native. Because it was a time when that was not okay. It was like the... I think it was the early 40s. And he went back and forth, moving his herd, and he had a family at the end of the cattle drive and a family back at the beginning. And in the 70s or 80s, after he had been dead for maybe 15 or 20 years, the two families met. 
And I, I was like, why were you just holding on to this? Why, why, why are we talking about this? Why did you write the novel about this? That's amazing. That's such a weird, interesting it's story. So weird. And could have only happened in that time, like pre-internet, where, you know, this was a hell of a traverse to move the cattle into the Sun Valley and back. And it just, the, the random shit you get from your parents. I like that. Right? I was like, there's, there's your screenplay. That sounds like Oscar Boys bait to girls, me. Boys and girls, talk to your parents. But no, I love that, though. Like, I love that idea. And I sometimes just feel like the best ideas are just things you overhear. I was writing a whole piece about observations I was making in the mall in Dallas. Because the mall in Dallas is just such a trip. (laughs) Comparatively to the malls in Montana and Washington. I I can't remember the last time I went to a mall. Yeah, I went because I... I can't remember actually what the logic was. It was it was like a Saturday. Yeah. And, and I you had were like, a whole reason. I just got my I license. I, I already got my ears pierced at Claire's, but I'm going to go back anyways. Let's go to the mall today. God, that was great. I wish we didn't have to give recommendations so we could just end it there. But give me a recommendation, Dan. Drop a beat. <laughs> recommend something to you because that's always what we do here on the podcast i have to say here's what you should watch today holy shit that was amazing free styling which is why i'm going to recommend to you straight out of compton no i'm kidding (laughs) uh can you imagine oh buddy can you imagine? No, I am actually going to recommend to you the YouTube channel Super Carlin Brothers. Um, they are, to me, a more palatable, nerd-focused version of the Vlog Brothers. They go back and forth with theories about uh, Star Wars, uh, Pixar, Harry Potter. They're huge into Harry Potter. They do a whole thing about... Um, the Deathly Hollows and um, Falks and Dumbledore as death in the parable of the three brothers, and de- he's he's the friend. It's there's such a good. Well, you've YouTube already channel. got me intrigued. It's so I have good. To say, I, so, dude, I have to ask you after I explained that photo. Um, have you ever listened, uh, like, partaken in any of my recommendations to you? Yes, yes, I have. Okay. Cool. Don't ask me to name which thinking, one. I would have to listen back because I know I have. I just, you know how I am. It's just so funny because, I mean, like, sometimes it takes me a bit. Some of them, I will acknowledge, I haven't listened to every recommendation right. or I haven't partaken in every recommendation. But a majority, I have. And I've been so thankful for it because it's not stuff. Like, the Nerdist podcast kept me company as I drove from Washington Aww. to Texas. And it was such a great experience. And I was actually driving to Austin, not last Friday, but the Friday before, and I was listening to The Nerdist, and I was just like, this is such a part of my routine now. I think the film and the television stuff is a lot easier because, honestly, I find myself getting on Netflix, Hulu, HBO, and getting bored. Being like, oh, what am I going to watch? Oh, wait, Adair said that thing. Reading is more challenging yeah. because of the age we live in. I find myself consumed by reading news, and it takes away from my reading of fiction and essay so much because I'm just 
you know, I just spent six hours on a Wall Street Journal Vox Vice loop of that just seems like that just sounds like a black hole of yeah feelings yeah it's a lot um, and i just keep reading articles that i'm like i don't want to read anymore i need to just watch something i, I can't i can't do it well i mean and it's interesting because that's kind of how i feel uh, like when we even when we just see each other like for when i would go to new york for an annual trip it would just be funny to me because we would just talk and you'd introduce me to something or i'd introduce you to something and it was great. It was lovely. And I learned something new about you. And I feel like I got a different level to, of our friendship or a different layer into who you are. But I loved last, last not last podcast, uh, last Nerdist podcast, but like two ago where it was, uh, uh, it was the Blum, uh, Jason it was Blum. The Blumhouse one where they, yeah, yeah I, I wanted to call him Max Blum, but then I'm thinking Max Brooks because he's been on and then Max Landis and my brain's going squishy because it's, Eleven sixteen, but I loved that they talked about a book I recommended to you, Stoner by John Williams, and uh, they talked about it on a recommendation you had for me, and that just felt like such a full circle thing. It was so like great a, a to nice me. bit of, of symmetry. It. Sorry, you 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 blurped out there. What was that? A nice bit of uh, symmetry. I agree. Um, speaking though of the easy and readiness of HBO, Netflix, and Hulu, I recommend to you a documentary I watched. Was it only yesterday? Why, yes, it was. Uh, let me I guess. Let me to, guess. Or, Too funny to fail. How the fuck did you know that? Because we share a Hulu, bitch. <laughs> and I wanted to watch it, and I clicked on it. And I was like, "How is there only five minutes left?" I haven't watched it. Because oh. my backup <laughs> was I was going to recommend Sarah Silverman's new show, I Love You, America. That was my backup. Oh, man. We had a, we had, we had a whole conversation. Not me and me. Me and that Yeti. Uh, we had a whole conversation about, about Sarah Silverman and her having a t- TV show and stuff. Uh, it's really good. Watched. It is? Okay. Well, I will, I will encourage watching that. I also... There's a lot of things I'm going to start watching. I think there's a lot of Amazon Prime shows that I have neglected that I really either need to start watching or I need to continue on with. I love Dick. Do you love Dick? Yes. It's a show. It's a show. I don't know yet. No, I know it's called. Well, I I definitely want to watch Too Funny to Fail because I do like Dana Carvey and I find him I find him funny and I don't know the show. So I'm interested oh, to hear it, the story. It, no, so there's only eight episodes. And it's what's great is what was funny is right after that, we were like, so is that show on Hulu? Can we watch it on Hulu? It is. All eight episodes. I'm not saying 80. I am saying eight. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ocho. Uh, well, now I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, so they're all on Hulu too. But we watched it and it was just... It was so funny, and I didn't even realize that it was the start of Steve Carell's career and Stephen uh, and oh my God, Stephen Colbert's career, and Louis C.K. was a writer on it. Yeah, like it's just it's, it's such a nuts like combo, and it's so the clips that they show and the interviews that they show are so funny, and I had never realized that. Uh, the Ambiguously Gay Duo, which became popular on SNL, started there. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Dino, last name I can't ever pronounce, Starburns. 
uh, was a was a writer. What? As well. Yeah. The creator of Moral Oral. Uh, yeah. I, I, wow. I have not, I have not heard Moral Oral in years. Like, I have not heard about that in years. I remember watching it and being like. You're too female and not stoned enough. I, I'm sure that's what it is. That, I think that is the issue <laughs> for me. But I, I remember watching it and being like, not 100% sure how I should feel about it. And I think I also watched it after like an episode of Robot Chicken or something random like You're that. You're like, is this just like just a long a... end credit sequence? What is this? Yeah, I didn't really know exactly what I was watching. But anyway, I love you so much for that. That was amazing. And I, I knew though by your smile, you knew exactly what I was going to say. I'm the cat that ate the canary. No. You really are. That's the cat. That's the one that ate the canary. (laughs) I feel like that cat actually ate the grizzly, or the the black bear that was hanging out at your house. That's why the black bear's gone. Probably. I would not be surprised. She came in looking a little happy. Yeah, I'm so glad that, so watch it though. Watch it. Will do. It's not long. It's super funny, and it's really interesting, and it's interesting to see these people do retrospect, and there's an amazing moment of explaining why when they moved uh, to a different night and time, why it failed so miserably, and there's a moment where they all have the realization when they're watching a promo uh, as to... Why Why? so did not work. And I started like cry laughing. Well, I will watch it. I already wanted to, but now I especially will. I will make time for it and I will watch it this week. And the next time that you and I talk. Take a picture of your tears. Of course I will. I always take pictures of my tears. And then I bottle them and I sell them online to Japanese businessmen. Don't know what they do with them. Don't want to know. The next time you and I talk, we'll be reviewing Thor Ragnarok. And I will either be the most... Who are you looking at? Are who you, do you think? Who else is in this cabin with me? I never know. Because you're like Courtney's dad sleeping on the couch. I, I, I have... I, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man. No. I'll give you that too you know, all day, every yeah. day. Um, no. I, so let's end it now. Uh, you got to go to bed. Your wife needs you um, for reasons um but yeah we're gonna uh, so when we watch thor ragnarok i'm either gonna be super super happy or i'm gonna be super super sad There's we're not going gonna to have be a very mid- very different ground. perspectives on it and i'm excited about that i think it's going to be not contentious but interesting i'm so intrigued why you think we'll have such different perspectives on it because you love taika watiti and i think he's fine i think he's i think he's very good at what he does but my expectations of a marvel film weighed against a Taika Waititi film. It's going to be an interesting episode. That's all I'm going to say. Will you watch Hunt for the Wilder People before you see it, before you see Ragnarok? Can you just do that for me? And I will also watch the first two Thor movies. So. Oh, um, skip the second one. I, I don't think anyone watched it. Uh, Christopher Eccleston did with his family to be like, look, I do stuff other than Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, it's so good to see him existing he's got a big nose slow claps and rewrites is painstakingly produced by adair rice and daniel crary it is edited with extreme prejudice by adair rice slow claps and rewrites is a part of the secret weapon productions library copyright m m x v i 
I. 2017. All rights reserved. Until we've been dead for 70 years. <laughs>